0: What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to us rant. Um, How's it going today, my love? Good, how are you? I can't complain. Everything is excellent and wonderful on my end. Um, We have a very unique and um, interesting topic today. It's called The Illusion of Money and Time and Ego by Alan Watts. Um, but before we get to the main topic, let's talk about a little bit of news.
1: Yes, we have some news today. Um, and I'm reading from an article that was posted by the Forbes And it says that CDC is further investigating heart inflammation cases after Pfizer, Moderna, COVID-19 vaccination. And basically, the article is saying that um, some of the population is um, getting heart inflammation after receiving the vaccine. Mm. Um, And so the CDC is convening an emergency meeting with an advisory panel on the 18th of June. Um, The panel will discuss higher-than-expected reports of heart inflammation issues in young men following the second dose of the two-messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccine. Um, And so the question is, how worrisome are these heart issues reported with Pfizer and Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines? Mm. Um, So... There's been about 372 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis um, reports, um, which are both inflammations. Um, myocarditis is inflammation of the middle layer of the heart and pericarditis. Cardid- <laughs> yeah, <it's,
2: it's> <laughs> I'm it's not tough.
1: a doctor. Is <laughs> the inflammation of the pericardium tissue that surrounds the heart. Um, and so that was being reported by young men. Mm -hmm. Um and so yeah, they're trying to figure out what's going on with that.
0: So was it just in young men or older men, middle-aged men, like?
1: Um, so far they said young men, and I think when they're saying young men, it's I'm assuming because children 12 and under have not received the vaccine. Right. That will probably be a demographic of 16 and between 16 and 30.
0: Oh, jeez, Louise, jeez, that's that's troubling. That's troubling they have uh created the vaccine extremely quickly um and it usually takes a, a few years to a, a couple of a couple of months to a few years to like develop a, a an effective vaccine mm. and that even if then after that people still might have like side effects from like regular vaccines that we take like flu shots mm. and measles and all that other stuff
1: mm. Yeah. I can agree with you. Um, but I feel like everything surrounding COVID and it being so new but so deadly, it's almost as if you have to play Russian roulette and making a decision as to whether or not you want to be vaccinated mm. or not vaccinated. Yeah. So that's
0: just tough because, you know, travel restrictions if you don't get vaccinated, people won't be able to like leave out of the country unless their vaccination laws um, in other countries are kind of relaxed.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I also think, though, like, just as far as certain people's decisions about getting the vaccine is protecting people that are vulnerable to getting COVID in general. Mm. Um, and I know that's for some people and other people have, you know, their reservations for receiving the vaccine because of, I guess, historical connotations of what. Vaccines have done, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, the process of receiving a vaccine. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's points are valid, and yeah. I don't think anyone should be judged for their decisions.
0: Yeah, I I understand that COVID was a a very tragic, or is a very tragic situation. But they should have um, took a little bit more time for test trials and just to see the underlying effects that it might have on. U.S. citizens, because it'll be troubling that thousands of people die from COVID and then thousands more die from the vaccine, vaccine. like,
1: well, we'll see what happens. It's all very new. And I can understand why they sped up the process, but I can also understand why, you know, people can take their time and trying to figure something out and perfecting it. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's. No wrong when there's a pandemic, yeah. you have to think quickly.
0: Yeah, prayers to um, everyone out there who had, might have lost someone or known someone with COVID or people who take the vaccine and have some type of um, defects from it. That's 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 a very troubling thing. Um, but to the main topic, um, let's talk about Alan Watts um he was born in january 6 1915 to um, november 1973. he was a british writer and speaker known for interpreting and popularizing buddhism taoism and hinduism for a western audience born in england he moved to the united states in 1938 and began Zen training in New York. He received uh, received a master's degree in theology from Seasbury Western Theological Seminary and became um, a priest in 1945. He left the ministry in 1950 and moved to California where he joined the faculty of the American Academy of Asian Studies. So basically, this guy has done a shit ton of research on religion and spirituality from Western point of views as well as Eastern point of views.
1: Yeah, if you want to find ways for you to be more fully awake in your day-to-day existence, Alan is the guy for you.
0: Yeah, he... um Gained a following while working as a volunteer programmer at the KPFA radio station in Berkeley. He wrote more than 25 books and articles on religion and philosophy, introducing the emerging hippie culture to the way of Zen in 1957. Um i'm not sure if he was like a cult leader or something but um i've listened to a few of his uh, lectures and it was definitely intriguing and um a lot of the topics he was speaking on um, was around for thousands of years in these eastern cultures um in china and india even in Africa, you know, just like basic life principles he spoke on and um, made pe- people realize that Eastern culture is a lot more advanced than what people often realize.
1: Mm-hmm. Just in terms of how you shared that his messages were very basic mm-hmm. um, and straightforward, and I would say common sense but a lot of us don't open ourselves to be plain and simple Mm -hmm. I think one of the quotes that I enjoyed from um, Watts was the meaning of life is just to be alive it is so plain and so obvious and so simple and yet everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves Mm. so simple yeah (laughs)
0: it's basically saying people um people intend to make life harder than what it really is yeah you know we exist as human beings on this huge rock floating through the vastness of space like even though it's really complex it's really not Mm. but um yeah it's just interesting um Before we get into that, let's take a quick break for our sponsors.
1: Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a Black-owned family business providing skincare products. Handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature Black Velvet Shea Butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at shop black velvet, or follow us on Instagram, by black velvet.
0: Great, and we're back. So, um, I wanted to play a quick um, lecture. Well, it's not really quick; it's 10 minutes, but it's very intriguing. And um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well as the audience. How does that sound? Perfect, give me one second here, pardon me. I uh,
3: have a sort of suggestion. And that is this, that before we decide either to save the planet or to destroy it, we pause for a moment of silence. I don't mean that kind of grim silence which one observes when somebody says, uh, such and such a famous person has just died and we'll observe a moment of silence in his honor and everybody frowns and thinks very serious thoughts. That's not silence at all. I mean real silence in which we stop thinking and experience reality as reality is. Because after all, if I talk all the time, I can't hear what anyone else has to say. And if I think all the time, and by that I mean specifically, talking to yourself subvocally inside your skull. If I think all the time, I have nothing to think about except thoughts. And so I'm never in touch with the real world. Now, what is the real world? Some people have the theory that the real world is material or physical I say it's made a kind of a stuff other people have the theory that the real world is spiritual or mental but I want you to point out that both those theories of the world are concepts they are constructions of words and the real world is not an idea it is not words Reality is... You'll find, therefore, that if you get with reality all sorts of illusions disappear and I will mention several illusions that have not this kind of let's begin with some very down-to-earth ones like money money is a very useful method of accounting. It is a measure of wealth in the same way as inches are measures of length and grams, measures of weight. You cannot eat money. You could have a fantastic quantity of dollar bills and uh, stock certificates on a desert island and they would be useless to you. What you would need would be food and uh, animals and companions. Money simply represents wealth in rather the same way that the menu represents the dinner. Only We are psychologically perverted in such a way that we would, some of us would rather have money than real wealth. But you know, you cannot drive in five cars at once even though they be Cadillacs. You cannot live simultaneously in six houses or eat 12 roasts of beef at one meal. There is a limit to what one can consume. So that's one of the sort of confusions I'm talking about. Another is that we confuse ourselves as living organisms with our idea of ourselves. That is to say with a conception of myself, which is called the personality or ego. We, that is what we have been told we are. And it's an extremely crude and limited conception of oneself, of the actual unique living organism. And we get unhappy because we're thinking of ourselves in this way, because we think, well, gee, I'm going to die. I once talked to a woman who came to me and said she was afraid of death. And uh, we went into it in a long conversation. I said, what are you really afraid of? And she thought it over and thought it over. And he said, you know, what I'm going to be afraid of is what other people are going to say. They're going to say, poor old Gert, she couldn't last it through. (laughs) Because you see... (laughs) Who you think you are is entirely dependent on who people have told you you are. You're not that. Then another thing that bothers bothers us is time. Most people nowadays say, I have no time. Of course you don't. Because you are not aware of the present. You know, the present is represented on your watch by a hairline that is as thin as possible as is consistent with visibility. And so everybody thinks the present is, instead of, Now, the present is the only real time. There is no past. And there isn't a future. And there never will be. We think ordinarily of the present as an infinitesimal point at which the future changes into the past. And we also do a terrible thing. We imagine ourselves to be results of the past. And we're always passing the buck over our shoulders, like uh, when God approached Adam in the garden of Eden and said, Hast thou eaten of the fruit of the tree whereof I told thee thou shouldst not eat? And Adam said, This woman thou gavest me, she tempted me, and I did eat. And God looked at Eve and said, Hast thou eaten of the fruit of the tree whereof I told thee thou shouldst not eat? And she said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And God, out of the corner of his eye, looked at the serpent. The serpent said nothing. So you see, we're always passing the buck. don't realize that the past is caused by the present as the wake of a ship flows back from the prow now the wake doesn't drive the ship any more than the tail wags the dog but we've all got excuses my mother had a fit while she was carrying me in the womb Uh, they didn't bring me up right And then they go to the mother and say, how is it that you could have been so irresponsible with your children? And she says, well, it was my parents. It didn't bring me up right either. (laughs) And so everybody passes the buck. But the truth of the matter is it all begins here. This is where the creation begins. And you're doing it and won't admit it. Because, of course, you're all God in disguise. Jesus found that out and they crucified him for saying so. So you, this is a very odd thing for Westerners to understand and particularly for Americans. Because we are so fixated on the future. When we say we want to put something down, we say it has no future. Well, do you? much better to have a present because if you don't it's useless to make plans because when they work out you won't be there to enjoy them you'll be thinking of something else so we don't li- we realize that we are living out of now and throwing the past behind us
0: So, that was a lot to take in. What do you think about that?
1: Well, he has a great sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, He does a fine job of breaking through um, our narcissistic walls that Hmm. many of us build around ourselves. Um, So, just to maybe summarize and recap with bullet points, I think him sharing that talking all the time without hearing each other is a form of being out of touch and not being present in the moment. Another one would be thinking too much and being out of touch with the real world. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So
1: constantly overthinking, you're missing the opportunity of being present in the moment.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Another one was money is a menu. (laughs) Money is as a menu is to the course of meal. Mm. So money isn't what's and um uh, the example of wealth i would say that you know having a healthy family is being wealthy yeah having a job you know not necessarily the the money that's coming in but knowing that you have fulfilled your i'm not talking about 9 to 5 i'm talking about your passion like having yeah. something that you're doing that you love <laughs> is a form of wealth um And, yeah, I mean, that was a lot to take in, but that's the small bullet points that resonated with me.
0: The main one that resonated with me was the past doesn't exist, neither does the future, only the present exists. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, people say that the past makes us who we are. In some extent, our experiences does. It molds us. But holding on to that past is not us in this present time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, and the future doesn't really exist because we're living in present time now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're so caught up into thinking about the past or thinking about the future when we're not really... Sitting now in the present, mm-hmm. not being, being mindful of what in is in front of you. Or exactly. what is your current state. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that resonated with me. Like, it, it struck a bell. Yeah. You know, and... I think a lot of his teachings revolves around vibration and frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, every living thing has... A vibration the planet has a vibration our solar system has a vibration and frequency um we do and sometimes we often let things interrupt that frequency which is why we f- often feel unbalanced or depressed or anxious and have anxiety that's the ego that's the ego you know we we often think the ego, our ego is us when it's really not.
1: It's separate from us, but it's almost like that inner voice that tells you, or that vulnerable space yeah. in your body that kind of like questions everything about your identity.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm A few um, bullet points. Um, yeah. Money. Mm-hmm. Money is a way of measuring wealth, but it's not wealth in itself. Mm-hmm. A chest of gold coins or a fat wallet of bills is of no use whatsoever to a wrecked seller alone on a raft. He needs real wealth in the form of a fishing rod, a compass. Uh, an outboard motor with gas and a female companion so he he can have all the pirate's gold on his boat and if the boat is broken what what use is that gold
1: it's not
0: useful it's not useful at all time time is merely a method of measuring held in common by all civilized societies and has some kind of reality or unreality as the imaginary lines of latitude and longitude time is a figment of our imagination
1: hmm. I think what Ellen does for us is, in the world is to like provide insight into spirituality.
2: Mm.
1: I think there's a lot of information about religion, but something that's not attached to ritual or, what would I say? Tradition? Not even tradition, because with religion, right, you're trying to get into a spiritual state. Yeah. But I think he uses very simple and non-religious ways of getting people in tune with spirituality.
0: Mm. It's like God should be your own personal experience. Right. So and okay. you should be the author of that and not yes. some type of So
1: I think what he's doing source. is like defining the science of God and man. In very simple form. Mm. So, without the, you have to go, you know, here every Sunday to get the word or the message. But it's like, this is what it means. And these are the tools. Now it's up to you to figure out what this can help you do Mm. or help you figure out who you are as a person.
0: Yeah. 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 Let me do the last one, um, which is. Ego.
1: Yes, ego.
0: Um Alan Watts was concerned with the way we trap ourselves in words. He considers it unfortunate that we separate the I from reality and think of the I in terms of how others see us or the image we want to project and ego, he brings the realization that we are not what we think we
1: are. We are not what we think we are. So what are we? Hmm. A representation of the present. And our A ability A representation to be mindful? of the now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we, we often mold ourselves from experiences and social settings and environment and the way we grew up and our parents and you know our family they influence themselves on us which creates them outside of themselves like them into us if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. So from what you said and what messages that Alan provides for us if we are clear minded then things from the past such as upbringing situations or us holding on to our old selves because if we're ever evolving and we must focus not on our past mm. or our future but in the, now, in the now then that means none of that matters like it matters but it's not what should define us right now.
0: Because we're constantly changing every day you know
1: I can say something while you remember yeah go ahead um, So Buddhism and mindfulness meditation say the ego is normal not ego <laughs>
2: <laughs> ego I was trying to
1: say ego <laughs> <laughs> the ego is normal and healthy just observe it and learn what's going on Don't make it wrong accept it. And weirdly, when you do that, your attachments, aversions, tend to start to dissolve under that objective. And um, so with that being said, how would you describe your ego?
0: My ego is an asshole. Like, for real, I... I...
1: (laughs) What is that? Okay, so for people that don't know what you mean when you say my ego is an asshole, can you say that in a sentence? What are the characteristics of the asshole?
0: I often find myself, find myself, excuse me, often dismissive. Um, sometimes judgmental. Sometimes stubborn. And I believe that's my ego trying to control situations whether it's um, a, a situation where I feel that I need to protect myself or a situation where um, a situation that I don't know I don't know it's just
1: you're doing good
0: just letting experience past experiences mold who I am or who who my ego wants me to be
1: I you know what you define something where visually if I'm inter like how I visually interpret what you're saying mm. is that you're you're in the process of evolving yeah but while that's happening your ego brings you down
0: exactly exactly so
1: even though And ego is what Alan is saying is not negative or what the Buddhist practice says is not a negative thing if you are what is the word I'm looking for well spiritually open whatever that word is that one Mm -hmm. word you're able to balance out those tendencies Mm -hmm. or to recognize them and appreciate them and accept them
0: so in order to it's like mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. Exactly. You know, the You can't yin,
1: have one without the other. You
0: can't have one without the other, but there's still a little good and the bad and they're still a little um, bad
1: and the good. Right, they, they have the to good. outweigh. They can't, like, yeah. be off balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so That's, I guess my ego is fragile, uh, timid, <laughs> fearful of uncertainties. Um, I think I do have a little bit of stubbornness as well. Not a little bit, a lot. Mm. Um, so, like, the insurgencies of what life brings terrifies the hell out of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, just listening to Alan when he was explaining how you can't overthink or focus too much about the future because it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of brings me down to center and be like, you know what? Why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, why should I be fearful and not focus on the now?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? So um, when people,
0: I, yeah, my ahead. bad, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but when people say, um, I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm, I'm going to focus on this goal sometime in the future or I got a five-year plan.
1: Yeah, that's me.
0: It's not going to work unless you work on it now. now.
1: Yeah, you know?
0: so. Nothing starts unless you begin.
1: Yeah, basically. Um, and so that compromises my clarity, basically what you said, on what matters the most. Or separates me from actually appreciating or doing what needs to be done in the present.
0: Mm. Yeah. So have you had any past experiences where your ego just took over you?
1: Yeah, more than once. I think I go through seasons of my ego overpowering me, Mm. (laughs) you know, to the point where I lose control because it's not me. you know it's my ego and I'm just like okay then I feel guilty about being in that state and Mm. try to like overcome it and it's difficult because if you're thinking of the past and the future and not focusing on the present Mm. it hinders your ability to think critically
2: Mm.
1: it's very interesting how when we have conversations and we kind of like talk through things I'm like oh (laughs) you know like oh I didn't think that but you know speaking it out it's like oh okay interesting it's
0: like we often visualize situations in our head that might not happen
1: yeah
0: you Mm -hmm. know we try to think oh what would this if I did this what would happen if I did that what would happen yeah if I talk this way what 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 situation would arise Mm -hmm. from it and we never know unless we just do in the present
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Just doing the present, but I think doing in the presence using the tools. Mm-hmm. Because again, with doing, your ego can slip up without you even noticing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so the ego is the, that part of the mind concerned with protecting the body and fulfilling its needs. Ego is a very heavily overloaded term to the point that it isn't really useful to use since it means different things depending on the person and the context.
2: Mm.
1: Buddhism is not about destroying a sense of self. It is about clearly seeing that the sense of self is a phenomena sustained by an ongoing series of sensations, each which are impermanent, not satisfying and not self. This is very hard to understand intellectually, however better to practice until you can observe the dance of sensations unfold effortly for yourself so i bring up buddhism because you know that's one of the eastern practices mm-hmm. that alan focused on in addition to taoism is that how you pronounce yeah, it taoism taoism so um just how they explain the ego and like don't make it a negative thing mm-hmm. we all have the yin and the yang we all go through seasons but to know how to manage or to recognize when that ego is showing up rather than yourself.
0: Yeah. And don't let it take control. Of don't you.
1: let it take control because that's not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. Yeah. What else you got?
0: Um. He has, Alan has, um, what he thinks is five of the most important lessons of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he learned this from his studies, but lesson number one on the meaning of life to know that you can do nothing is the beginning. Lesson one is I give up what happens now. You find yourself in what is perhaps a rather unfamiliar state of mind, Mm -hmm. just watching, not trying to get anything. Not expecting anything, not seeking anything, just trying to relax, just watching without a purpose. Become what you are.
1: That's it right there. Do you know what that means in one word? What does that mean? Acceptance. Yeah. If you block out everything and you look within yourself or analyze who you are as a person, it's already you. Mm -hmm. But it's like you got to shut off those you know that Mm overthinkingness what you think other people think of you and just like okay who am i and let me just focus on being that
2: Mm.
1: which i think is pretty telling of manifestations or mantras yeah so you know how people like i'm great i'm strong i'm brilliant or whatever Speaking those words into you that you believe you are, which you already are, but reminding yourself maybe will shut down that ego.
2: I can Similar agree. to
1: you know meditation, it's all like feeding that, which is the opposite of the ego. Hmm.
0: We often let other people's perceptions.
1: Of themselves projected to you towards you <laughs>
0: that and yeah. their perceptions of you create who you are
1: it does doesn't it
0: you know and i forget who this who stated this quote um it might be buddha himself he says i'm not who you think i am you, you are who you, you think, think I, am. I
1: am that's it
0: This is some philosophical stuff right here, man. We dropping the science.
1: It's so simple, yet we make it so complex Mm -hmm. to realize as humans that we have the tools to be in a spiritual state that's freeing. Yeah. Spiritually, you know? Maybe not society wants us to do, but it's like being Mm clear-minded and being oriented towards the self, not in a narcissistic way, but in a way that is showing of what your identity is for yourself and not what others project towards you or what you, you know, internalize from others.
0: And in a sense, that's creating your own reality. Exactly. Yeah. Boom. Number two, (laughs) lesson two, on uncertainty and insecurity. To be secure means to isolate and fortify the I, quote, unquote. But it is just the feeling of being an isolated I which makes me feel lonely and afraid. in other words, the more security I can get, the more I shall want hmm. to put it to put it still more plainly, the desire of security and the feeling of insecurity are the same thing.
1: One more time because I'm trying to understand that what last sentence
0: the desire of security and the feeling of insecurity are the same thing yep to hold your breath is to lose your breath yeah so if you're holding your breath you're not breathing if you lose your breath you're not breathing
1: so for instance let's say that could be you know how, I'll use parenting for example. Mm-hmm. You know how traditionally when your parents are like, don't talk back or don't say anything or mm-hmm. whatever and like shuts you off. Just not having a say and then like, you know, maybe carrying that, you know, habit with you along. Yeah. So then in your adult life, you don't want to say anything to offend somebody. Mm-hmm. But then when you withdraw from saying that information, it's hurting you just as much as if you
0: what it's hurting you as just as much as if i don't know if you said it or if you didn't say it what i'm what what i what i got from it is that people often let me, let me stop saying people mm-hmm. we often find s- safeness in security yeah. And on the flip side, we find ourselves written with anxiety and insecurities when we need to be in the middle.
1: Exactly. I think what he's saying is it's the same. Mm-hmm. Seeking security makes you anxious because if you don't... It
0: makes ca- you dependent.
1: Right. You're dependent on that. Yeah. So rather than obtaining that security... Because you're constantly thinking about obtaining that security. Mm. It becomes lost in the mission because you're no longer focused on the matter of hand. You're mm-hmm. now thinking about thinking about thinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, number three on religion and faith. Religions are divisive, true, <laughs> mm. um, and quarrelsome. They are a form of one upmanship because they depend on upon separating the saved from the damned Mm -hmm. excuse us that's the um ambulance from outside let me start over religions are divisive and quarrelsome they are a form of upmanship because they depend on separating the saved from the damned Mm. The true believers from the heretics. The in group from the out group. All beliefs, um, fervent hope. All belief is fervent hope. And thus a cover up for doubt and uncertainty.
1: If we were all in terms of people that associate with a religion or a spirit, spiritually connected, however you want to connect with God or mm-hmm. if you don't believe in God, I think if we were all spiritually connected and in tune with ourselves in the way that Alan speaks of us doing, there wouldn't be quarrels about religions and the meanings behind everything because mm-hmm. everybody is, has reached a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. and nobody's better than anybody. Like we're on an equal, equal plane.
0: At the core of most of these religions, that's what they preach. But once it becomes like organized, and a lot. To be honest, a lot of it, the the religion isn't divisive. Divisive is the people.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: You know, it's it's just like racism. It's 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 a false superiority complex.
1: It's the egos.
0: It's the egos. <laughs> My religion is better than yours I'm in this religion so I'm better than you I'm going to heaven you're going to hell When When you think about it Our spirit is kind of like woven It's like Our spirits Are like drops of water Out of the ocean Take a drop of water outside of the ocean. It's just a drop of water. But once you put that drop, that same drop back into the ocean, it becomes the ocean. You know, we're all connected. We're just living different different experiences. Mm-hmm. But we're all connected.
1: That was a good uh, description or example, rather.
0: Thank you. I just came up with it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brush your shoulders off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. um, lesson four. I got this after this one this is that's that's it Mm -hmm. um taoism and nature how does one bring oneself into accord with it the tao if you try to accord with it you will get away from it for to imagine there is a you separate from life which somehow has to accord with life is to fall straight into the trap. If you try to find the Tao, you are at once presupposing a difference between yourself and the Tao. So when you separate yourself from nature, you know, you're separating yourself from like the God energy, basically.
1: City life, lack of trees, pollution. Yeah. Processed foods from the grocery store.
0: <laughs> I always say once we separated ourselves from the nature, media, <laughs> we separated ourselves from God. We we cut down the trees, make books, books and put gods in. them.
1: So, OK, I know we were going to say we're going to do a podcast about spells and everything. So what if there are spells that are being cast for us to be distracted hmm. from our, our spiritual journey and our awakeness? Yeah, because it's like you know we have so much things that we're dependent upon. We have to go to work, spell.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> we have to have money, spell. Yeah, you know social media spells like everything is distracting us from being like, okay, who am I, and what am I doing
2: mm.
1: on this path and journey in life? Mm.
0: Mm.
1: It's just a lot of stuff that's, you know, fuzzing our, our vision. <laughs> I can see <laughs> to that think clearly.
0: I can see that. Absolutely.
1: And now, you know, way back when we started the podcast, I'm like, I don't know what meditation is. I don't know, you know, how to tap in. But it's not about that. It's about being one with yourself. Mm. And the moment you can shut everything off is the moment that you can listen.
0: And it's weird because no one has to tell a lion how to be a lion. Mm -hmm. No one has to tell a tree how to be a tree. So why do we have to tell ourselves how how to be human when we're of this earth, we're of, of this plane, we're of this planet, we're of this spirituality? How are people influencing us on how to be human? How to be people? You know, the earth provides everything we will ever need mm-hmm. to survive and thrive and, and prosper and be fruitful. But... Somewhere along the line, that spell was cast where we have to go to work and work until we're like 65, 70, you know, work just to buy useless things that we don't need or work to, you know, provide futures for our families.
1: Yeah. Remember back in the day when like all the moms knew how to sew and instead of getting your Amazon costume, your mom would make your costume. Absolutely. Just things like that where it's like we're losing what we were born to naturally be inclined to doing or having mm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or not eating certain foods all around the year when they're only supposed to be eaten, you know, during a certain time. You know what?
0: In a lot of like ancient texts, they would, um, people would live a long time, like 500 years, 900 years, a couple thousand years.
1: Really, I didn't know that, that they were living that a long. A
0: long time. You know, I'm not sure if it's factual but if you think about it, they didn't have any, like, pesticides or some of the type of stress we have to go through today. In Japan, uh, I think uh, in Okinawa, Japan, um, they have people with, like, the like, longest lifespans. They live mm-hmm. to, like, 120, yeah. 150. You know what I mean? Because the, li- the quality of life there is way different than what it is here. Yeah.
1: Do you know with pregnant women, which is like a sign of back when, you know, we were in a stage where we're around nature and dependent on nature 100 mm-hmm. percent, but morning sickness tells your body was poisonous to your baby. Mm. So you're not just throwing up because, you know, you're pregnant, but there were reasons for that. Mm. So if you're eating something that's off, there's likely something that's not good for your baby in that substance. Mm.
0: That makes sense. Or yeah. even when you drink too much alcohol and you just throw it all up. Yeah,
1: it's like your body saying is rejecting the poison. <laughs>
0: That's interesting. It's
1: That's very interesting. interesting.
0: Um last lesson.
1: Yeah.
0: On the present moment. I have realized that the past and the present are real the real illusions. That they exist only in the present, which is what there is And all that there is. From one point of view, the present is shorter than um, a microsecond. From another, it embraces all eternity. But there isn't anywhere or any when else to be. Hmm. That was deep.
1: I like this conversation. This was nice.
0: Shout out to Alan Watts. You know, he, he, he learned from the real ones and he relayed the message.
1: Now we got to get all his books so we can read them.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> put on Absolutely. Show. Absolutely. I don't even think I'm going to do a dual quote of the day because we were no, dropping so many, gems, so many gems, so many domes.
1: And then we had a nice um, excerpt of his own voice in the bod- Absolutely. podcast.
0: Absolutely. So do you have any um, final thoughts about Alan Watson um, and his beliefs?
1: You know, I think what Alan was saying very simply is what I would have thought about if I was stoned <laughs> <by myself. laughs> Yeah,
0: me
2: too. <laughs> I'd be
1: like, do life? You know, but um, no, very informative. I look forward to reading his books because I think that's the next thing I'm going to do. Mm. Um, very incitive. And I think a lot of the things that he was saying kind of struck a nerve or like, you know,
2: I have to do since, Yeah.
1: So but also just relative to the certain habits that I have and I'm like, you know, there's a solution for that. Mm. And it's very simple. I like things that are simple to understand.
0: Yeah. 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 Just to go on a quick tangent. I think all spirituality originated from hallucinogenics, but that's just me. <laughs> Let's
1: save it for another podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um thank you for tuning in into another episode. Um we love you guys. We really appreciate you guys. Don't forget to like, share, comment, leave a
1: review, yeah,
0: subscribe. Please. please leave a review. Um, it helps us get noticed and grow. Yeah, it helps us grow.
1: It's also not about being noticed. It's about us knowing that you guys are listening, so we can provide more content. Yeah. Um, we love speaking to one another, but also sharing our thoughts. Yeah,
0: and I will also like a lot more ears too, though be like my ears. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people on the planet. There are a lot of
1: people.
0: Yeah. But yeah, cool guys, appreciate you. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. Peace.